Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. Uh, James is not with us tonight, but we have Dan Sarcini from Islanders Anxiety and Lighthouse Hockey. Dan, thanks for jumping in last minute here. Oh, no problem. This is, uh, I'm glad I can make it. I didn't realize until I told you I probably couldn't that, wait, I was like, wait, my wife's not coming home until like 7.30. So I'm like, it's, I'm just sitting around. It's like, you know, I, I, I can do this. Hold on. Let me, let me get it back to him. So I'm glad, yeah. uh, I'm glad somebody didn't jump into my spot when uh, I said I could make it. <laughs> well, you can, you can thank Mike because he was uh, your, 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 uh, your co-host uh, right. for, because he's also got a hectic schedule. Yeah. It is it, so hard. I don't know what it is. You get over 30 mm. and scheduling things is moving a mountain. Oh my God. It's awful. I just had a week off between Christmas and New Year's and I don't know where the time went. I just, I was sick for a couple of days and then we did the whole, the whole tour, you know, my wife's family, Christmas Eve, my family, Christmas day, we're at the Island. I don't know. Did a bunch of stuff around the house. Saw Aquaman too. Saw AEW World's End at Nassau Coliseum, and then before you know it, I was back at work. And I'm like, "How was that a week off? I don't understand what I, I didn't. I don't know where the time went. I thought I was going to have all this time, and it just never, never materialized because everything was booked. Like every minute was something. Yeah. Else, so. <laughs> so I, I often do that. I'm a big staycation guy, so I yeah, love like I'll stay, I'll stay home and just kind of do like be a tourist in my own city, like yeah. do things I don't normally have time yeah. to do, or that it's like something is busy or whatever. Anytime I'm not at work, that's a vacation for me. Like I don't have to go to Disney World or any of that stuff. Like as long as I'm not doing work, that is my vacation. So I totally get where you're coming. <laughs> I, but last week I, I had a similar situation. I was sick on and off, so exactly, mm. almost exactly the same. <laughs> I, I just cataloged my vinyl. Oh, nice. I went on Discogs and I was looking up, uh, you very know, nice pressing and do that was the only thing that I took the dog to the park and on a hike. <laughs> and that like that was that was yeah. my entire week, you know, yeah. Christmas and like some different things. And I, I wound up uh, on Long Island, as I was telling you before we hit record yeah. for my uh, hockey alumni game and shout out to uh, Jeff DiLorenzo. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. A long, <laughs> a long time friend and played Sachem hockey growing up. Uh, it's a good dude. So it was, it was nice. really a surprise to just kind of get that kind of feedback <laughs> we were talking about podcasts and how is it a small world and um we should probably get more offers because some of these people just don't <laughs> don't know what they're talking yeah. about almost on purpose like it's there there are things to read is it yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll ask this as a question hmm. um somewhat seriously is it because there's not a lot of quote professional writers writing about the islanders and that makes it just hard to access like is there like I like Islander fans will read mm. Lighthouse Hockey and there's a level of uh, analysis and connection to things. You know, uh, when James and I were writing for the hockey writers, like they, they knew people because there mm. was there was podcasts and things. Is it just that it's not accessible? Like literally there's no content that's accessible to them on a national level. So they don't have it. I, I don't know. I think it's a couple of things. I mean, we do have, you know, Arthur Staple, Andrew Gross, like Stefan Rosner, like his profile has risen. So, I mean, there there are people out there that they can bring on to talk to. And you'll see people, you know, like those guys, you'll see them on Sportsnet and, and TSN and places like that. You know, even especially like when they play out in Vancouver, like, you know, the Vancouver radio station always have them. But I, I get back to something and I feel like we were, I was just talking about this on Islanders Anxiety. I, I forget or maybe just telling a friend. I'm not even sure. But like. The thing is, with the Islanders, they're so remote in terms of like location, kind of, you know, place in the hockey world that there isn't a huge demand 
to get it right. <laughs> like there's not a huge, you know, when, when somebody, when Sportsnet talks about the Islanders, they know that there's not going to be a ton of like people calling them or emailing them or writing, posting comments saying like, you got this wrong or, you know, you know, this is, is actually this. And you get, because the, the pool is so, so small of Islanders fans, even, even on Long Island, forget about everywhere. You no, know, they're everywhere, but there's so the, the pockets are tiny and there's just a few people here and there that they're not going to catch that kind of, kind of heat that they would if they make say something about the Leafs or the Ottawa Senators or the Canadians where like you know you're always going to get in, you're going to get 300 people telling you that you're an idiot that you're wrong that, you know and, and like there's going to be a huge blow up and it's funny to me when like you know Elliot Friedman or somebody will talk about Islanders fans and his DMs and it's, and I always think to myself it's probably like one or two people and honestly it's probably Leboff because he's the guy I know he talks to, to them every once in a while and it's always like you know, oh, I got had Islanders fans in my DM saying this, and I'm always like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who that guy is. You know, it's like it's probably another somebody who listens to one of our shows or both of our shows. So it's just there's not a ton of reason for them to care. Like there just isn't. The Islanders don't move the needle in terms of like, you know, uh, engagement, clicks on the website. They certainly don't move anything in terms of TV ratings. So who cares, right? And that drives advertising and all that stuff. So it's just kind of an out of sight out of mind type of thing and and if you remember if you listen to the 32 thoughts podcast when the islanders were in the back-to-back semifinals they spent most of their time talking about the, the lightning because like there was just more to talk about there was more you know aspects of that team and they had covered those guys for so long and they were obviously you got a, a whole host of superstars whereas the islanders is a team full of guys who barely anybody's heard of and don't have that kind of profile and then before you know it you know both series were over so i i was like excited kind of naively excited that oh boy they're going to talk about the islanders and really get some in-depth coverage here and nope they spent you know most of most of those series talking about the lightning because it just didn't matter and then when the, when it was over it was like well you know it was a good a good season for the islanders and you know we'll see what they do next year well thanks like i could have told you that <laughs> could have told you that. I think it just makes me trust the rest of what they're saying less to the yeah. point where I honestly don't listen to much else other than yeah. you and Mike. Like, yeah. I, you know, we do, I do my research and, and you're right. I mean, there are some writers, I think it just doesn't go in depth and, yeah. you know, I, unfortunately there are outlets that just don't get the respect that they should. Mm. And like the hockey news is legit. It's been around mm. a really long time. Yeah. Um, it may have changed over the years. I don't I don't really know how. Like I, I still think of it kind of the same way. Sure. Although I used to get like, you know, the magazines and oh yeah. You know, I'm sure Absolutely. you remember. <laughs> I think I even still have some, but um with the Beckett hockey card book too, telling me how much oh, wow. um, how little uh <laughs> my cards are worth. Hmm. Um that I don't I like staples pieces now. There's no beat, there's no like big beat reporter, right? It's yeah. gross to us. That makes sense because like it's it's somewhat that um not on a pedestal, but like they're a bigger writer because we understand who Newsday is in our yeah. market. Right. But it's a local newspaper to anybody else. It's not the New York Times. Right. Right. Like they don't, they they don't, they are not the same thing for a lot of reasons. But like yeah. they're not, they're not the same thing. Um, so like he even gets kind of sure overlooked a little bit. And then the longer pieces, which Kerr started to do it at the end of his tenure, and that staple um does, and I, they're both good and warranted, mm. these kind of long reads. But they're not like the day to day, yeah, thing. And I remember, is it? I think it was like Gretzky on a TNT panel. He's like, "Oh, they're no, they're tough on D." Yeah, and it's like you, I, <laughs> someone just handed you a note, like right. presumably whose job it is to research 
which will be very easy to find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Just simply not doing that. And I don't, yeah. I don't get it. But like I said, it just makes me respect the rest of it less. I'm like, all right, what yeah. else do they not know? That's oh. not. Oh, definitely. Canadian teams. It, it definitely, you can definitely start to see the holes in other coverage. And like, you know, we, we just kind of throw out teams like the stars or the Panthers or the ducks. And it's like, if you listen to that coverage, the coverage of their those teams, it's very much the same as what the Islanders get. Like it's very cursory. If anybody's still telling you that the Islanders play, you know, this tough, staunch brand of defense and they don't give up much in the way of chances, that person is a liar. Because as we have seen, this Islanders team bleeds chances like, you know, it's going out of style. Like this is a complete 180 from the team that went to those two Stanley, you know, those two semifinals. Uh, and they just give up chance after chance after chance, and hopefully their goalies can make the save. So that that's a pretty easy tell. But um, but yeah, I just think that it's it, you know the other thing too is like, and this gets back to the you know the, the baggage that we carry on Islanders anxiety all the time is that like the Islanders have never been part of like the cool kids club. Like they're never part of the NHL kind of conversation, and they don't get talked about in a, in the same way that a lot of these other teams do because it's just not a cool thing to do like the rangers well, in, an, in yeah. an underground punk sport like hockey right we're still pl- the islanders play in a garage yeah, yeah exactly. they, we're playing in basements not even the vfw basement like we're right. still playing in our friends parents basement exactly and right. it's just we're the punk band's punk band yeah to to like our moms and like brothers and sisters and stuff like that that's a that's a perfect analogy because like if you look at the rangers and if you're old like me and you remember when you know the rangers were the most expensive team in the league and they still couldn't make the playoffs. They still got talked about as if they were like a big time team because they spent a lot of money and they played in Madison Square Garden. But like on the ice, their their results were not good. I mean, the Islanders weren't that good either at the time. But like they were just as bad. And it was like, well, wait a minute. How come one team gets you know plays every Saturday on you know Fox with the glowing puck, and the other team is lucky to get one game you know a season? And it's usually against like Pittsburgh, and they get their asses handed to them. So well, they were uh, making ridiculous trades, and yeah, they were they were. You had Gretzky in town for the sure. late '90s. Theo uh, Fleury is signing Theo there. Theo Fleury, <laughs> there's Messier comes back. Right, this reunion, and maybe did Graves come back in his second stint? That was the early 2000s, I think. But like, yeah. they, there was always something. It was always right. even the ridiculous nature of the team was worth right. I.e., the Leafs, like yeah. the just the ridiculous nature of things is worth talking about. Right, which honestly isn't different than. Mm-hmm. The conversation we were even going to have like it's right. it's they're all yeah. i understand it just doesn't I mean, move the needle but even the um the flyers like look at how many years the flyers have missed in the playoffs but like you know when you're owned by the company that plays the games and they're owned by nbc comcast like you're going to end up on tv a lot <laughs> it's like you know well why are the flyers always on tv even though they're not that good well because they're owned by the same company why are the buffalo sabers always on tv well because whenever they play them they get good ratings like people in buffalo turn into to tv to watch them so they're on tv all the time and the islanders who were better than both of them just don't they don't get that kind of coverage so you there's know a, it's a there's a part of me that doesn't i know we're you know we spent some time talking about it i, I don't super care yeah it just when it's warranted i want them to just at least get yeah, it right exactly. like when you're gonna do it yeah I, it's google is free best i know <laughs> just f- just look, man. Just like, be it's, right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's and again, I'm not I don't I do not expect Wayne Gretzky to sit. I don't expect Wayne Gretzky to know what Google is, but <laughs> he should be able to pay somebody yeah. to just do that. And that, yeah, it, that's I agree. Simple enough. Yeah. Um, 
I did want to talk, you know, you're just about like who this team is. And mm. I had this kind of big, long rant because I, I've been avoiding bringing it up on our show because I, I wanted it, it, it's it's you and Mike have this thing and, and what you call the Islanders. <laughs> but just recently, after the yeah. last week, yeah, I, I just I, I was like, we, we need to address it here and amplify yeah. the message. I was like, I don't want to copy them. But at, at this point, I'm like, we need to if there are people that don't listen to your show that listen to ours they need to hear this thing <laughs> and you brought up uh in your episode this week about staples article uh, mm. regarding identity that james and i think we, we had that episode earlier this year i think we even titled yeah. it the owners no longer have an identity or something right. to that effect and you know we, we i think we tried to kind of suss it out and and staple months and months later is asking the same question <laughs> without much of an answer right. and you know what what you and mike keep bringing up is that the Islanders play like assholes. And I don't know how else to say it at this point. <laughs> and as I and I think like the question that I was going to ask James and I'll and I'll ask you is if you think back 10 years ago mm. to the Doug Waite Islanders, what would you say their identity was then? Because I I can't help but find the parallels there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, me too. I almost it's I'm having, um, you know, like when you watch something of historic value like from your own life and you're like, oh, I remember that. It's like, mm. I don't know. Do you or is it the video? So I'm yeah. like, I'm having trouble, <laughs> you know, thinking back exactly 10 years and and mm. thinking about it is like, what what would you how would you describe their identity 10 years ago versus today? Because mm. it's not exact. Like, I think yeah. there are nuances there, but it's really close. I mean. They both teams played like assholes, and I appreciate that you you uh, you know have have uh, credited us with with this. Uh, it is it is kind of a spontaneous thing, and well, I, I even wrote down in front of me it says they coined the phrase. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I was doing because I honestly I right. didn't I didn't want to seem like I was taking it for content. I was no, like, that's okay. I literally yeah. ran out of things, and I yeah. just keep hearing you say it. I'm like, I yeah, I I write for a living. I ran out of words. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in a chat GBT, like how bad are the Islanders? What, yeah. you know, please give me adjectives. Yeah. I, I I just ran out. They just, that's, that's what we, we hit upon and it works. And people like will tweet at us. Well, it's asshole time, you know, because the thing is, and, and to answer your question, both teams, again, did very much play like assholes. The big difference really is sort of the off the ice stuff, I think, whereas that team and, you know, I, I got kind of another crash course on that season when I was doing our, one of my other podcasts, Islanders Award Winners, and the last episode was about Matt Barzell's Calder Trophy season, so I had to go back and try to relive that whole era. And I'm the so biggest sorry. difference is that that team had a captain that was going to be a free agent. They were playing in a building that the players really didn't, frankly, like playing at, and you know half the fan base didn't really like playing in either. Um, there was a lot more up in the air uh, about the future of the franchise, and we just didn't know really any better like we just didn't know yes we we realized that that team was extremely leaky defensively their goaltenders were not good another difference obviously we have the islanders have good goaltenders right now and you know even when they're putting up with a lot a lot of kind of traffic and shots against but the, obviously sorokin and varlamov are way better than than grice and halak who <laughs> were pretty well, good but good seasons yeah when, when, seasons, when grice yeah. played exactly 41 to 43 games mm. lights out any yeah. other season around that when you look at his stats they, they're terrible too yeah. not enough or too much and it just <laughs> right. they're just 
numbers well, aren't there. Grice won them a playoff series. Like, make no mistake. Yeah, Grice yeah. and and Tavares beat the Florida Panthers that year. But uh, but yeah, so like there was a lot more of that kind of stuff, and it was a lot. We didn't know that it could be any different. And what's funny is that after that season, obviously, in comes Lamarello, in comes Barry Trotz, and like now we're looking at this team through the sort of post Trotz prism. And now, you know, and, and, you know, we try to avoid this on our show, but it's impossible to because that man literally rewired how I see hockey and how I want this team to to play and and what I think of as successful. And, and you know, a lot of people complained about that they were boring, that they did this, they didn't do enough of that. I will take that team 100 times out of 100 over what they're kind of getting now, even though the season has been pretty good so far. But the reason I think that it feels like they play like assholes is more relevant to now than it was then was because we know they can play better than this. Like we know they can play a structured, disciplined brand of smart hockey that wins a lot of games and they are just not doing it. And, you know, one of the things that drives us crazy is that this is probably the most talented Islanders team we've seen in years. I mean, you go. I wrote that down. Yeah, that's part of the reason why it's so frustrating. Yeah, like I've never, you know, people that don't watch hockey, like, oh, how the Islanders doing? Or people Mm. that watch hockey, just not the Islanders. And I'll say, I've never been so mad at a team in the thick of the playoff race. Mm. Like, and and any other, if you just looked at that, if you gave me that five or eight years ago, oh my god, you must be just ecstatic that they're just they're keeping pace. Third place in the division, sign me up. Halfway oh. through the season, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. mo- most of the time. Sure, right. The, the I think the identity part, and, and the more that I'm, you know, I think yes, uh, mm. the, the the prism um, of looking at this team, look, I'm sorry, looking through the team through the Barry right. Trotz prism is interesting, but I don't even think that that's 100% it. For mm. me, what and, and it goes it goes back a really long time, and I understand the roster yeah. has changed dramatically, but there was something the fight night in February 2011. Yeah, and I wrote about this at the hockey writers. Um, their identity for uh, up until when Trotz left, that identity was forged then and it lasted for a decade. Yeah, and there's the, the, the tight locker room that we always hear about was definitely forged at that. Yeah, time. the, the sure. tight locker room, but that there's a uh, that tenacity, that yeah. energy, that relentlessness. Mm. And I mean, you know, you picture these words and, uh, you know, in the locker room, right? Like, and it's <laughs> as cliche right. as it is, but they, but, you know, it started with the biggest thing, I think, around fight night, it might have even been before, was mm. Kanapka like yelling yes. at CSN, right? Like, and that was, that to right. me was like, finally. And the team yeah. stunk, right? It wasn't like they were good then. Yeah. But I was like, wow. This, yeah. Like, it wasn't just that he was good at face-offs um, and, <laughs> and, um, fighting. <laughs> and fighting. Yeah. Um, I'm only good at one of those things. I'll let you guess what it is. But, <laughs> you know, like, at least there was something like that. There right. was something there. And then yeah. and then they beat the brakes off the Penguins. And I know you love when the Islanders mm. beat the Penguins. And I'm yes. sure that's a, you know, just <laughs> decades worth of um, – Yes, very cathartic this, uh, game that was. Is. Still, the yeah. the only exception I have was when Casparitis was on the on the Penguins, and um, <laughs> I have I have a Penguins Casparitis mm. jersey because I followed him, right? Um, and then obviously it was great to watch him beat Buffalo back in the day and his dude's mm. little swim move in OT. But anyway, I I think that to me is more than like they're just bad defensively. Mm. There's just there's lack of 
tenacity that this team has now. It, they, they've all kind of adopted this. Like Pierre Engvall is the epitome of an Islander right now. Just like very <laughs> passive. Yeah. There's, there's just no bite to the game. Yeah. Even, I mean, Casey Zizekas is 10, 12 years older. Mm. Matt Martin isn't the same. Clutterbuck isn't the same. I don't you know, right. People on the team that, but like, that's the, yeah, that's that bite that just isn't there. Like they're yeah. not hard. I fucking hate this. They're not hard to play against. Yeah. Right. And, the, no, and you're right. If you, and if you're not, if look, if you're going to leak goals, fine. Mm. But like, give them hell. Yeah. Zero um, percent. In that game against Colorado, Butch at one point pointed out that like they were f- stacked sort of four wide across the blue line and like some avalanche guy who had the puck just sort of skated around them. And it was like, you know, what are we, we're like driver's ed cones here. Like what, what are we doing here? And it's funny that you bring this up because I, I wish I could find this quote. I don't know what, what year it came out, but must've been during the early trots era where they talked about the word accountability and like that gets thrown around a lot. It's, but most people don't really get, you know, when, you know, whenever a team like scratches some guy that they like, it's like, well, what about accountability? We're not talking about that. The, the person, and I, it might've been Lee, it might've been somebody else was talking about how they were being accountable to themselves. And accountability was about not from coaches to player, but from player to player. And if you're doing your job and you know, you're executing your job as the coaches told you at the best of your ability, then the next guy can come out and do his job to the best of his ability. And that guy, that will allow the next guy to come out and do the job to the best of his ability and so on and so forth. Before you know it, you have strangled the other team to death and they're done. That seems to be absent here too. And I, I have no doubt that these guys all love each other. Mike and I on our show, we call them the uncles. Yeah, because yeah I love they, that. They, they've been around so long that, you know, Brock Nelson's kids think of, you know, it's Uncle Cal or it's Uncle Anders or Uncle Matt. Like these Make guys. Make the t-shirts, you know, by the way. Uh, I just, I can't. <laughs> It should just uh, be Islander uh, logos with mustaches and just like, right, yeah. you know, the uncles. <laughs> the uncles. But like, and it's a perfect way to put it because they're just, you know, you've been, they've been friends and co-workers for so long that I, I have no doubt that they, it's not that they don't care about each other, but that aspect of it has completely gone. And so, you know, I like Pierre Engvall a good player, but like you see him be kind of passive and that line has been great for the most part since they put them together. But like there are times when they'll come out on the ice they'll get hemmed in their own zone and, or maybe get some kind of, you know, barely there shift in the other zone. And then the other team will come back and then the next line will come out and they'll do the same thing. And then the next line will come out and they'll do the same thing. And it's like, well, what happened to like playing for the other guy, making his job easier by doing your job the right way. That seems to have been, that's removed from the the programming. I don't know what, what happened, you know? You know, so it's funny because going back to last season, James and I had this conversation Mm -hmm. and part of my issue was, where's Anders Lee where are the assistant captains and where's yeah. the coach and yeah. and to me I, I you know I constantly said I like the word I like the word accountability mm. I said there's a lack of focus yes and to me a lack of leadership and I don't know how to solve for that and I, right. I don't want Lee to not be the captain mm. however yeah what have we seen for now yeah. you know this I I, I think to be clear I think we get we we lump in um, only four out of five seasons for trots, right? That yeah. there was a there what right the fifth season, yeah, number, or okay. the four, whatever his last year, the fourth year we kind of the fourth out. year <laughs> we we rule out, but that yeah. team, I mean injuries and but yeah. even then I was like I don't I don't know I mean yeah if you're a professional figure it out like I don't what yeah. do you want me to what like that that's nothing that's not a there, thing. There were times in those, and as much as I I romanticize that Trotz era, there were times when like 
they just played like assholes. Like again, we you know that before that bubble run, they were terrible. They had lost. Oh, like, they fumble fucked their way yeah. right into the playoffs. <laughs> the, the I hate to say this, but like that pandemic pause was the best thing that happened to them because it allowed them to just be like, okay, we're gonna stop playing because we're terrible. Oh, As by the way, Adam Pellick is gonna get back. Right. Um, and so there were times like that as well, but you know, that, that exact, I'm glad you brought this up too, because like that exact thing came up in that, that seven to nothing loss to the penguins the other day. And like Lee was quoted afterwards saying like, yeah, it kind of got away from us. You know, dude, I heard you, know, you say that. I, lo- I had to pause it. I just started laughing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, got away from you. Seven to nothing. Like two, nothing is away from you. Like seven to nothing is we stopped playing. <laughs> hockey and that was the most asshole period of all the asshole periods they played this season was that they just literally stopped playing and you know the the penguins rang up six goals chris letang set like four nhl records and it was like what are we doing here i don't understand that's the other thing that you know comes what are we what are we doing why are we doing this like why doesn't somebody say stop doing this (laughs) well that wasn't that the quote uh one one of the better hockey quotes from Hmm the Capitals coach in their first season. He's like, I wish it was my wife cheating on me. At least I could tell her to knock it off. <laughs> it's something it's I'm paraphrasing. It's something that affect yeah. I, that, that, that reminded me. And and speaking of the Capitals, I, I, again, another aspect that's really frustrating is that then they turn it on. And I was yes. at that game. It was right. fantastic. I, I fantastic uh, game. Most complete I, I, game of the year. Yeah. I thought I saw you there. I don't know. No, I, 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 wasn't. I, I live in New uh, Jersey for me to get out there is, not fun. yeah, that's a, that's a pain. <laughs> I, I yeah, I thought I was like ah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. It. Um, <laughs> I was I was sitting on the side where they scored all the goals. It was <laughs> all, all of them that on uh, other than the one that got scored on Sorokin that hit like a tooth or something. That, the, I don't even count. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, it's weird. Uh, he he leads the league in uh, <laughs> lost shutouts in the last thirty seconds. Last minute, like, yeah. That I, dude should just be hacking people in the ankles in his own locker room i've never seen anything like that the puck just like literally just went and just bounced in in midair for no reason at all that's insane i was at the opposite end of the rink you know 240 Mm. feet away and i'm like i i what the hell was that (laughs) but the i think what's most uh, one of the things that makes this season really frustrating is that then they turn it on yeah right i don't think the capitals are you know i the capitals aren't very exciting but i don't think they're more or less exciting than the penguins I think they're the same team. I, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of veterans that can kind of figure it out, and you know, some questionable yeah. goaltending most of the time. Although Christian Jari is now, you know, yeah. turned he's not a pumpkin anymore. We'll see if that lasts. <laughs> so, uh, especially against the Islanders, that was the yeah. biggest surprise. I'm like, this guy sucks against this team. This has been, and I, I got to credit uh, our friends at the Through the Island podcast, uh, Desmond, who said that this is like topsy turvy world because like the it used to be that the Penguins could play well against everybody except for the Islanders. Now it's they're yes. losing to everybody and beating the Islanders. It's, it's just upside down all over. It's weird. Yeah. And it wound up being a huge week for them. Uh, right. Yeah. And I think it's, there's like, uh, to use like a, you know, very corporate term, like a level setting conversation here in, in so much <laughs> as is the team just in the mushy middle? Like yeah. their, their points are putting them above that. And that I think is setting unfair expectations because again you and i uh, the people that pay very close attention which mm. are you know most arguably most islander fans i really don't think there are passive ones mm. um, or not very many right i think we've been you're you're seeing them like oh they can't be that bad like you mm. watch the game whether they win or lose and you watch and you, then you look at the standings and go oh it can't be that bad mm. and then you watch the game and you're like this, this is horseshit 
Like it's <laughs> terrible. Like I don't, I don't know what you're you're doing. As my mom yeah. used to say, you know, like if you want to go for a public skate, we'll just take you on Friday. We're paying a lot of money for you to go out there and not be involved. Yeah. You you, you got to step up here. That's right. like you know Pierre Engvall. But are they just kind of? 14th to 16th in the league mushy middle and we have to temper expectations or mm. you know on paper james and i have said this is probably the best roster we've seen in a long time yeah. we have never had horvat right uh, sorry to a guy like horvat mm. and and barzell and a goalie and right. a star defenseman that's yeah uh, the, the last time that that happened they were playing with mercenaries in the 90s it was ziggy <laughs> palfi and berard and right you know whatever but you know yeah. they didn't it wasn't like to this level no uh are, you know i think not very good i think there's well let's right well first of all we have to acknowledge again that it's easy to forget they're playing without adam pellick ryan pollock who's out for a long time they were playing without scott mayfield until recently but you know obviously mayfield is not kind of to the caliber of those Do- dobson has been fantastic him and romanov have been great um, you know, they, Mike Riley was picked up off of waivers a month ago and he's all of a sudden, you know, the, the third or fourth best <laughs> defenseman they have, Love uh, which is strange. Um, but I mean, if you take the roster, I think that's the thing is like, I don't know, maybe we're homers or not, but like, I don't think so. We've seen a ton of teams and I think most Islanders fans are pretty honest about like what the team is, you know, they can get on a roll we've seen, but you know, we, we acknowledge, you know, it's not like anybody sat around thinking like, Man, this Val felt Val Filpola needs to be signed to a five-year contract. Like, we could like a guy, but at the same time, acknowledge that well, you know, he's not that good. But in the context of this team and in his place in this team, he he can he's successful. He's he's important, and it's good. Um, so I I think that's the thing is like they probably should be maybe not mushy middle, but maybe not you know first overall either. Maybe more like tenth in the league. Let's let's, let's just put it that way. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 186 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. The new year is here, and whether you're making big changes or just settling back into a consistent routine, chances are you could use some new audio accompaniment on your journey. I know that's true for me. It's crucial. Whether you're listening to your favorite music, podcast, or audiobook, or you're like me and you're a musician and you need good headphones 
for when you're you're playing along to your favorite songs. The fact is, a good pair of wireless earbuds is indispensable in 2024. For premium audio at the perfect price point, you've got to go with Raycon. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips with a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, I'm thrashing my head around when I'm playing the drums and they don't budge. They're absolutely correct. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32 hour battery life. We all forget to charge them and it's fantastic when you can just pick them up and they're always ready to go. Raycons are also priced just right. You get the quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have tens of thousands of five-star reviews. I love the earbud tap functions. Uh, they're easy to switch songs or pause. And the noise isolation when I'm playing the drums, uh, it makes listening to the song while I'm playing along much, much easier. Go to Raycon.com slash THPM today. Just get 20% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPM. By the way, it's funny you talk about having no no casual Islanders fans. I always say that being an Islanders fan is sort of like it's either being in the mafia or being a fan of the band Rush. There are no casuals. Like you either are in it all the way or you're not in it at all. You know, it's like if you've ever been a Rush fan, I don't know if you're a Rush fan, but it's like I'm not you know. Joe Pantorno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I, we left him out of the conversation who covers the Islanders very, very yeah. well. I always love his pieces. Yes. And, um, huge Rush fan. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, you know, if you ever made a Rush fan and you start talking to them, they're going to chew your ear off about the band, you know? So it's the same with an Islanders fan. If you get them started, forget it. You're, you're stuck there all day. So, um, I, but at the same time, I think we're, we can we can acknowledge the flaws in the team. But if you look around, this has been a really weird year in the NHL where, like, even the best teams aren't really kind of blowing. You know, Austin Matthews already has, like, 30 goals. But, I mean, if you were to compare the Leafs roster to the Islanders roster – I think most of the time, most people would be like, no, this team's actually not, they're not too far away from each other. I mean, the Islanders have more points than the Leafs do right now. You know, the Rangers are in first place, but at the same time, a lot of that has to do with Artemi Panarin and, you know, they're doing without Adam Fox. So like, you know, what happens when he comes back? And Shesterkin hasn't been quite as lights out as he normally is. Well, but like John Jonathan Quick. Quick. Right. Like, where did this guy, <laughs> how did this happen? So like, there's a lot of really kind of weird things going on right now. And I think that leads to us to think that the Islanders, should be better but the biggest thing and what you were saying before like the thing that's very frustrating when you watch this team is that a lot of the times their losses are due to just self-inflicted wounds like the the blown leads you know blown leads happen to teams but like just the way they happen to the islanders where they just stop playing in the third period again playing like assholes like we've we've talked about where they they don't they they I don't even want to say shell up because that implies that they're stopping the other team from taking shots. They just stand around and let the other team tee off on their goalie and then ice the puck. <laughs> and then there's a face off in the other end and then they yeah, do it it's again. It's a different type of turtling. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's why they, why would you would choose to do that when you have a one goal lead against the avalanche or against the you know whoever it was that they, they would play and it's like why are you choosing to do it this way instead of you know playing a structured defensive game keeping the shots at a minimum or you know as as trotz used to say kind of off to the side or better still play in their zone don't play in our zone play in their well that's zone. what's interesting and, and james and i've discussed that and i don't think it's a secret like right. 
when they're playing with the puck in the offensive zone. I don't know that that's the best defense, like to use the cliche, mm. because I think defense is also super important. But they've found success with that. But as yeah. as I think we've seen all season, I think it's a decision making on the ice by the mm. players yeah. as well as behind the bench. I think you yeah. mentioned on the show this week of just like literally who you're putting on the ice. Yeah. Why was Matt Martin out there in a 2-1 game? Right. Um with Pajot and 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 Sizikis <laughs> yeah. instead of loading it up with right. Nelson Horvat and you, and Barzell. You never see Barzell getting, you know, or Horvat getting double double shifted. You see Pajot getting double shifted. You see Sizikis out there with, you know, and it's not like those guys can't do the job, but when there seems like there's no direction there was um I forget what game it was, but they had a they ended up getting a gift power play. Late. I think it was against the Ducks, and they ended up getting like a gift power play late. And I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, it's it's late. I don't expect them to be that that aggressive here, but you know, I expect it to be a normal power play. And they were literally kicking the puck back to their own zone on purpose <laughs> during this power play. And that's when I started to be like. This has to be a decision, like you said, like a conscious decision on the part of the coaching staff to be like, you have to be as comically conservative as you possibly can in this situation. And just, but then that ends up in that game, they won. But like it turns out, most of the time, the other team will just take the puck from you and then you're chasing. And I just don't understand, you know, you don't want to be too aggressive because then it leads to mistakes too. But like there's a, they're, they are not aggressive at all. And it has cost them. I don't even. What is the the blown lead number at this point? I don't even remember what it what it is. Is it like 11, 11 12? It 12? I don't. I don't. I, you could count the Colorado game. I think that's just a back and forth. I don't know. That's a. I mean, were right. they up three to one or at least three to two? They were up three one early in the second. They were up four three midway through the third. But again, yeah. Cal Clutterbuck has a chance to just dump the puck into Colorado's zone. That'll kill ten seconds of clock, and then you know maybe they get to overtime. Just, you know, in a normal way. But instead, he tries a pass. It gets picked off. It ends up being a, a chance against. It ends up being a penalty. They start the overtime on the on the PK, and they lose instantaneously. Like, that is that that is a self-inflicted loss in overtime. And they got a point out of it. But, like, had there been two minutes left on the clock, maybe they wouldn't. Like, that's the thing. It's just that is a self-inflicted wound that didn't need to happen. And, yeah, maybe they lose in overtime anyway. But like, yeah. come on, like it's it's hard killing a penalty in overtime. I'll, I'll say this. I, what I think is really funny and just because, you know, having coached, um, you know, I coached club hockey mm. in, uh, in college and, you know, you play in beer league. All of the mistakes ha are the same at every level. I've watched mm. D3, D every <laughs> like a whole every mistake. I'm at the Capitals game and I'm just mm. seeing things like, oh, yeah, I would have done that. Like I get <laughs> I, I try I try to look through it with that lens to be like, mm. Oh yeah, I know why they did that. That's yeah. shitty. <laughs> Don't do it because you should know better. Right. But it's not even about a no, like, you know, ex as soon as you make a bad pass that that was a bad pass. Yeah. Like the coach doesn't need to tell you there's no, right. there's no education. It's really just leadership and, di and, sure. and direction. There's no teaching. Right. You know? So, so like what was Cal Clutterbuck told after that play? Cause Barzell was benched for five minutes, the last five minutes of the game, because he hadn't really had a great game at that point. And like, that's fine. I kind of get that. But like, what is Cal Clutterbuck going to learn from that bad pass that he made? Nothing. Like he's going to well, go back to the bench. <laughs> they're, they're not in mites and peewees. So right. I don't know that sitting your best, arguably your best player. Yeah. Have that conversation on the plane. Like yeah. you just, you really <laughs> don't like show them video, get the iPad out in the locker room, mm. 
make him skate a couple laps, do some stairs. Like you, you just win the game. Like mm. concentrate on that first. It's it's a timing thing. Like mm. the again, the accountability, they need to time that better. Again, Angval being sat. Yeah. First of all, Angval being sat. Second of all, not putting in Wallstrom, at least try to score. <laughs> like yeah, Boche has two goal. Fine. Mm. Against a Capitals team that they were just playing better than anyway, someone was going to score. Mm. It happened to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and he is the epitome of guy on a roster. Yeah. Um, you know, he's doing, he's mostly invisible, which is all Sad. that, all yeah. that you look, I, I think that was the fourth line for me. I was like, Oh, I haven't really, you know, it wasn't Walsham invisible where I'm like, did he play it? Oh, he had eight yeah. minutes in that game. Right. I remember the other, his line mates on the ice. I don't remember him. <laughs> so but like that fourth line just needs to not make mistakes mm. simply be out there hit dump the puck you're out there long enough for your teammates to get a rest mm. that's yeah. like that's your job that's what you signed up for i mm. could even be in their written contract like <laughs> um so it's 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 wild i i do want to go back to one thing and it's it's an argument that i'm making that i've been making with james so you said you know like the injuries and in, in, in the defense I think my my big question with that is, or my big issue with that as somewhat of a um, a defense pun intended, is that they played the same with or without these players. Like, no, it, that's true. It, it, it's not. I, yeah. I, so, like, everyone's kind of amplifying this as, well, Pelix. I, I, you know right. what? More ninety percent of the blown leads. I'm pretty sure he was in the lineup. Yeah, and it was the full roster, and yeah. you know, guys in and out, whatever. I don't. I don't know. And I, I. So the. I always say the good news is, hmm. it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. The bad <laughs> news is it doesn't matter yeah. who's in the lineup. Right. And they can't fix it. And and so hmm. that's that's really it. It's it's it seems deeper than that. Like yeah, you said, no. it's, it's literally decision making. Like somebody told you, yeah. oh no no no, don't just dump it at the red line. Like get the yeah. get the blue line and dump it. And then yeah. he loses it. Hmm. And you're like. Um, he's got to be doing that on purpose. There's <laughs> yeah, no I, way. Like no one would make that decision. I agree with you. And and Pollock too hadn't really been playing all that well. And Mayfield too hadn't been playing all that well. And then they got hurt. And it's like, no, oh, thank no. God, Scott Mayfield is back. Well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Like that guy wasn't good when he got before he got hurt. I think it's more about like those guys may have the sort of instincts that that can you know maybe shave a couple of shots off or something like that. I don't know, but that this is why. And you know, I, I hate to beat on this drum because I, I get the sense that like. You know, Lane Lambert wasn't fired after that terrible Western Conference road trip. He wasn't fired after that disastrous loss against the Devils. He wasn't fired after that disastrous loss against the Sharks. And I said this on the show, like, he's here now. Like, he's just, he's here until further notice. And I, so I don't want to make every episode a referendum, like fire lane, you know, with the picks and torches out, everything. But it's stuff like that that makes you wonder, like, how much of this comes from, and like, you know, Doug Waite, again, like, we like, wait like he was a great player he had personality we were excited that he was going to be well, I think most people were excited that he was going to be coach and then it was halfway through the season it was pretty clear that this guy was out of ideas and he didn't know how to fix any of the problems that they we saw over and over and over and over and over again now that team wasn't as good that roster wasn't as good as this one is so like it, again looking at this post Barry Trotz who came in and fixed all of that Within three months, you know, uh, the it took them a while to kind of find their footing. But by December of that year, which you know coincided with Devon Taves coming up from Bridgeport, 
they had found their footing as a defensive team. And by, you know, the playoffs, they were a buzzsaw. And like the Penguins, they were completely overwhelmed by how Island the Islanders chewed them up. And so like we series. see the difference that a coach can make. And now we're seeing another difference that, you know, this guy is just not fixing any of these problems that keep keep rearing up every single game. 12 blown leads. However many goals against in the third period that are like, you know, the most in the league. They, they're giving up, what is it, the, the most high danger chances against in the league, the most shots against in the league. They're worse than San Jose or like they're right there with San Jose is one of the worst teams in the league. So like these to me are coaching problems. These are fixable problems because these this these guys know what to do. They know that this isn't how they won games. So what the, I mean, now if you've got a situation where the players are like, well, we don't want to play that way. We want to play more of a free flowing open style. Well, then you better get better at scoring goals because, <laughs> you know, or owning the puck. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, have, you, you can't give it up once it's in right. the And, and you can't play that way two, two out of every three periods. You got to do that three periods every single game and just, you know, hopefully rack up enough goals that you can outscore, you know, the, the, the defense. It is, is part of this, too, that Sorokin is not playing superhuman right now? I mean, a lot of it, I think, is he's seeing way more rubber than he normally does like, or the, I think that's the anyway. quality of it I, I, that's probably a good point i would love to see the difference yeah. between high danger chances last season yeah. versus this season and you'd be like oh okay that's definitely corresponding with right. the numbers some of them are very leaky though yeah there's some uh, stuff that i'm seeing like i don't high danger or not i'm like i yeah. feel like you would have had that there's some there's a compete level that just isn't there this year i'm not a goalie coach or goalie expert or uh, you know mitch corn or piero greco but he seems like he's out of position more now than he ever has been and like that that tying goal against you know the the avalanche is a perfect example like mccarr breaks his stick it happens to end up on the stick of nathan mckinnon who passes over to valerie nuchuskin and nuchuskin now i know it was a power play goal but like nuchuskin was literally standing by himself and sorokin was over here and nuchuskin is over here <laughs> he just sort of taps it into an open net and i feel like that seemed like a broken play for about four different guys so I, I don't know. Like I, I, I can, I think we can acknowledge that he hasn't been as good this year, but I think a lot of that has to do with the team defense and like, he's, he's just a workhorse. Like he now without Varlamov, he's going to play every night. And I just, I, I find it very hard to kind of like put too much blame on him. Maybe that's just my bias after watching what he did last year. I mean, remember at one point last year, his numbers were not good. Wasn't he like 10, 10 and two at some point? Or something oh, like his, that? his record. I, yeah. that's, I, it was, it was the not underlying numbers, but goals against the save percentage. And this right. year is, uh, well, he's got a, a, a zillion overtime losses, but <laughs> um, the other numbers don't look great. Right. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think that's part of the, right. He's not superhuman on top yeah. of them letting those chances in. And, and he definitely, if you watch enough hockey and then you go back to a, a goalie like Sorokin, mm. um, especially, you know, just going back and forth from Varlamov, he's got much more exaggerated movements. Yeah. And I noticed that almost immediately. And there was, I was like, they, they definitely have to rein that in. He's excited out there. He's moving yeah. around and right. I love playing goalie in the street. So I get it. You just kind of like, <laughs> you just make acrobatic saves. And I was a, you yeah. know, big, um, big Hashik fan who wasn't. And he can um, still do those. Like he had a couple of those against Colorado. So like, I yeah. So it's, for, you just, yeah. you, some of it might just be between the ears. And yeah. I, I, I bet you if his English was better, he'd be just absolutely. <laughs> Killing these guys in the locker. He room. might be trying to do too much 
because he knows he's going to face 18 shots every third period. Yeah, he <laughs> might have to, he might have Tavares syndrome. Yeah, he's, or, he's, or, or he's Barzell. There. That's but Barzell. He's been. I'll, I'll give him credit this season. Yes. My my big issue with him was that, and I said this for just years, he needs to go north south. Yeah, and I, I that's like the most cliche boomer bullshit coaching <laughs> thing to say, but it's true. he literally just needed to use his speed and just yeah. go straight bubble hockey style and and beat them. He just yeah. he can do it, and yeah, he, he was trying to do way too much. And I remember Tavares doing the same thing yes. back in the day, just sure. rope a dope near the blue line. It just right. eventually didn't work, yeah. and back when he was a worse skater, you know, <laughs> that now, now he's old, but right. Yeah. Um, well, he's my age, so he's not that old, but he's older. And that's, you know, I, I, so I'll give him credit and that, that might be true with Sorokin too. I think it's hard to mentally prepare for that yeah. every single night. And I, you know, I think it's, it's an opportunity or, you know, he's got to sink or swim. Like now he's really the guy. There yes. isn't somebody to rely on. He needs to just, He's on a road trip now. Like I don't know that he's played every game of a road trip before. Right. I think Varlamov has stepped in here and there just to you know break things up and get him a get him a break. And mm. maybe I'm wrong, but I now he's really there's there's no option. Yeah. Even if he did before, he knew like all right, if I have an off night or a period, I I yeah. can just I can take a seat. But yeah, I, his memory might be too long. He you know. Uh-huh. Um, the, the yeah. Ted Lasso school of you know goldfish memory just like needs to kind of step up there. But I think with a lot of these guys, they're just you know, and this is a thing we we talked about before the season actually is that these guys are really competitors. Like, and I know that's a cliche thing too. Like, they're very super hyper competitive. And I think one thing about the Islanders is that they have a supreme belief in themselves because they're so tight and because they've been through these wars before that I fully believe that they have an unshakable belief in themselves that they can come back and win any game. And that's why that's another reason why they just kind of give up goals and they don't, they don't try, you know, to prevent too many goals, you know, at the time, because they're just like, well, we'll just get another one. Well, sometimes you don't though. Like, and you end up losing in overtime or you end up blowing a, a game to the devils and, you know, the last two minutes or whatever it was or the sharks. And it's like, it's great to have that confidence. And I think Sorokin is part of that. Like, I think they have this supreme confidence in themselves and that's fantastic. I wish I had a little bit of that myself, but ultimately I think you're almost better off. I wish they would play a little bit smarter and a little bit more like preventative rather than sort of like just balls out. Now nah, we'll come back because yeah. you know, I'd rather prevent the stuff than have to make a comeback. Yeah. I'll throw in a, a, a dash of desperation. Wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yes, like a, a dash of just, um, playing like starting like you mean to continue, right? You know, Barzell yeah. before the season or in the offseason said, yeah. I'd love to make the playoffs earlier, right? Like, I'd love yeah. to know that that was a, more of a possibility. And we're playing for position yeah. and not whether you know, betting on who was it, Marazic to, yeah, to you know, screw up or something, which is, yeah, <laughs> or not <laughs> screw up, like get, yeah. make give them a spot. I can't remember right. who's on who team, but like, yeah, I mean, that that's on everybody to. Yeah to start that way to play like that all the time and you need to just play like you're like you're desperate right like if yeah. if you don't know what's going to happen to mm. your buddies to the uncles mm. if if this season doesn't go the way that they think right because yeah. i think if if they wound up in ninth place and a point out mm. i wouldn't be surprised because the rest there's a lot of parody to use another yeah. kind of uh yeah. nhlism right now 
well, is possible that they just kind of yeah. it plays out. There, there's a lot of out of their control right now on this as they go on in uh to the west coast. Yeah. The good news is they can give up, you know, that second point a lot, <laughs> but they need to keep up in the metro. Who is right. everyone woke up? Yeah, to they don't play supposed. they don't play another metro team until that the Rangers in like mid-February. So like this is, yeah. you know, one thing we were saying was like they could play well and through no fault of their own still end up out of the playoffs because, you know, everybody else is sort of cannibalizing each other and playing each other and giving, you know, points are kind of going all over the place while they're playing Minnesota or Winnipeg or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, on one hand, yeah, you can, you can lose that extra point because it's not going to hurt you. But at the same time, if Pittsburgh or Carolina is picking up two points, you need two points and you need to keep into it. So, um, you know, I, I, I remember that Barzell quote and, and, He's right. And like mission accomplished so far, they've been, you know, in the playoffs for the entire time, but they just, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a house of cards. Like it's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And now they have had their seven game losing streak already. So hopefully that is the end of that. And we don't have another, you know, repeat of that, but you know, is that something that we want to kind of bank on and, and can, the way they play, it just, I don't have any confidence that they can avoid something like that, you know? It's yeah. They, kinda... Well, they, so they're one, two, and one in their last four. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's since the Penguins game. Yeah. And so that, you know, you can say there's two headlines they've mm. lost three or four. Right. Or they've gotten points in, right. You in know, three, two of their last four. Yeah. Two of their last four. <laughs> like there's, there, there's two. And the, the narrative that we've kind of, written our, for ourselves i think positively is that they're in the thick of it and they're just getting points right, right? that that point streak and they were like one oh and eleven and you're like mm. well at least they're getting points and you're like yeah well no i mean that's not <laughs> that's not great uh i guess they haven't lost a lot of games but it just doesn't instill a lot of confidence right it's not a recipe for at least long-term success and i think yeah. that's what i've resigned myself to is okay great make the dance yeah at, at, you need to pick it up at the right time though and yeah I don't know. You know, the right time is now. I mean, yeah. you're halfway through the season, like maybe right. have hit your stride by now. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's where the desperation comes in. And, you know, a lot of times it's funny because we see them play with more desperation in the first periods of games than in the third periods. So, like, that's how they end up getting 3 1 leads on everybody. And then they end up blowing it because the desperation faucet gets turned off and they just, you know, start floating around. Um, but it gets back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Like, what is their identity? Like, let's say that, let's say they make the playoffs. Okay, great. Let's say they're, you know, somewhere between third in the Metro and the, you know, one of the two wildcard spots. Great. You've made the playoffs, but now what are you going to be when you're there? Like, we know that, you know, they're going to all of a sudden turn into the Trotsian buzzsaw that we saw in the, the bubble and the, you know, the, the half season the year after, or are they just going to trade chances and hope that at the end of six or seven games, they've got, you know, one more goal yeah. than the other team. Like, is that what they're going to do? I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, they it's got awesome. out. Last season, they got out islandered by the yeah, Hurricanes. Basically, like, yeah, it was it was a team that um, I think they emulated for a while. And hell, even the Hurricanes probably looked at the Islanders and sure. said, "We can we can be that too." And Rob Brendamore is a great coach. Mm. And yeah, they just got out islandered. Yeah, and now they're more the Islanders than the Islanders ever were. Like, and that's <laughs> even though the Islanders beat them recently, sure. just because Coach Checker right. just laid an absolute. Egg. But see, but, the Islanders though beat the year before. They beat the. The Bruins, who for years had been sort of the Islanders, but better. Boogeyman. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, they were the defensively stout team that also had Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron on it that the Islanders didn't have. And the Islanders were able to beat them 
using a similar system. Um, and so you were like, okay, this can work if everybody's pulling in the rope in the same direction. They were not against the Hurricanes, and you saw what happened. <laughs> they got out Islander, like you said. Yeah, I, it's. I don't know that the roster is. You know, to use the overused Herb Brooks thing, it's like it is it the right group? Mm. I don't. I don't know. I like we're not in right. the last two years, and there's been some turnover, obviously. Yeah. But you know, you sit there and go, well, it's better. Yeah. On paper, mm -hmm. you're not seeing that necessarily work out on the ice there's some there is definitely scoring chemistry mm -hmm. but the as a team it's just yeah something and look is it is if it's just the defense and you can get yeah. you know i think the, the a good argument to go against myself is all right we haven't seen this defense core plus mike riley yeah, and really evening some things out where he's better sebastian aho and that's obvious <laughs> um right. And, you know, Bolduc has been playing, you know, D plus not mm. fireable offense uh, hockey, but he's definitely on a uh, performance <laughs> plan. <Yeah. laughs> to use another okay. corporate term. So, like, yeah. it's mm. arguably, no, we haven't seen the defense, but we just, yeah. there was no chance to see this before. Maybe it does work better altogether. Right. If it's the wrong mix of players, well, then we're all shit out of luck because these guys ain't going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> like, oh, you know, yeah, a majority of them. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, because like you said, I mean, that that thought it occurred to me, too. Like, wait a minute, I'm I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that Adam Pellet comes back and he, he might be back tonight against Arizona. He might be back on Saturday against Vegas. He's been skating. Hopefully he makes it back. But like at the same time, he was a part of all those blown leads. And I don't know what that's going to mean. And then, you know, when he comes back. Who's he going to be paired with? Like, are they going to put him back? You know, Dobson now and Romanov have a thing. They're going to put him with Riley. Like, I don't even know what what that even would look like. So, yes, um, I, I don't know. It's this is an incredibly difficult team to nail down, and it's just I, I there's so many questions and nobody really knows. Like, you know, even even the people like us that watch them every single game, nobody nobody knows. You never know what you're going to get. You, you know, they play two two periods of great lights out hockey, and then one like assholes like the or you know maybe more like you were at that capitals game they played great in that game they were fantastic that was a complete game that was marred by one stupid goal that probably doesn't happen 99 times out of 100 and so like they're capable of doing that but wow how often are we gonna see it i don't know yeah and then again well, yeah so i was gonna say they they do that against the oilers too right right yeah, they, and they did it against Coy the Coyotes. Remember that that was the most dominating one nothing shutout I've ever seen. Uh, you know, earlier this season that could have been six nothing, and it you know would have been the same. But the the goalie for uh, Arizona was great, so it, it's possible. But I mean, you know, there's no way of telling what's it going to be before the game starts. I think you know, having watched a lot of seasons that were difficult and yeah. felt very long. Yeah, oh this God. one has been very exhausting already yes i can't believe and i said this 10 <laughs> games ago I was like, yeah, there are 50 more games and now there's only 40 say. more games and if i was like yeah God, that was a whole season they, they haven't even reached the midway point they're not even at game 41 yet like <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just there's there's an and there could be more you know we sure. could be in a, in a playoff run look they could win the cup and i go i don't really like it like it just didn't <laughs> play well and I, I honestly have something to say right you're like yeah. i just I mean, after I was done celebrating, you just be like, "Well, they could have like." Just that be was... like, "What? Do you, well, what are you gonna do?" Yeah, you know, yeah. But... It's it's been, um, yeah. It has been a, a very long season already. 
there's there's plenty left to go. I'm gonna let you go. I think you had a very tight deadline here. You have to you have to get to some things. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks again for joining us. Please rate, no review, problem. subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Asman Hockey. Dan, real quick, uh, where can they find you? Uh, Islanders Anxiety, as always, my friend Michael Leboff and I, uh, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. We also do Weird Islanders, the podcast. Uh, you can get ad-free episodes over at Patreon. We also do our uh, Country Club Atmosphere. We do mailbag episodes, um, but mainly it's Islanders Anxiety and Weird Islanders. We got a new Weird Islanders episode coming out on Friday uh, about a guy who uh, was uh, recently an Islander, and uh, I think you all remember, and uh, just a, a way to kind of reflect on some players that uh, played a short time with the Islanders. We, we always, we, it's always fun falling down the rabbit hole. And John was on an episode. Go back and, and take a look, listen to that if you didn't already. And uh, it's always a great time. We, we have, it's a great way to forget about the current team and whatever they're putting us through and go back and remember some guys who, who put a smile on our faces for the most part. Sometimes yeah, uh, Cliff Ronning was recent. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my episode was Trevor Linden. Trevor Linden, which, yeah, I love that. I'm a huge Trevor Linden guy even to this day. We, we've done ones on Alexander Cmac. We've done, you know, multiple man episodes and things like that. So uh, we just, again, it's a fun way. If, if the new, if the current team is getting, driving you crazy, Weird Islanders is the cure. You can just remember some, some guy played for the Islanders for barely a season <laughs> and laugh about it, basically. Yeah, if, yeah, if the current team is annoying, you can go back and remember other teams yeah. um, from your childhood <laughs> that also annoyed you. And a guy that you forgot existed. Hmm. Um, it's a God, it's such a journey going back and, and listen to that. It was, yeah. it was a good time. Definitely uh, make sure you go check that out. Um, and in James' absence, um, I'll, I'll end the, the show here. Uh, until next time, let's go Islanders.